Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, church. Good morning to everyone that's tuning in this morning. Great to see you. Hope you've had a brilliant week. And we're going to continue this series on confidence. I said last week that confidence is contagious. And uh, we looked at Roger Bannister breaking the, the four minute mile because he was confident. And his confidence led him to a great victory. And since then, hundreds have broken the four minute mile uh, in their lives, which is brilliant. And we looked at, at David, the shepherd boy, who was a giant killer. And Saul, who wasn't. You know, we realised that it's a great leadership principle. It takes one to make one. And David had many giant killers in his army because there were other giants of the Goliath had brothers and uh, they were defeated in battle because David had led the way. He's a great leader. Leaders, good leaders, they know the way, they go the way and they show the way. Let's put it another way. They know the way, show the way and go the way. You know, they, they, they translate it and people look and say, yeah, I can follow you because you know what you're doing and you do it. You don't just talk about it, you're not just theory, you can do it. And David was like that, it takes one to make one. And, and, and confidence is contagious. And I want to say about building our confidence, the foundation for building our confidence is based on two facts that, uh, and two acts of God. God acted in creation in Genesis 1, 28, and he made us in his image and he told us to go and multiply. He told us to go and subdue the land, be great caretakers of this planet, looking after the animal kingdom, you know, overcoming obstacles and difficulties, being problem solvers. Uh, why? Because we're made in his image. That's exactly what God's like. When you behave like God, you're behaving like your heavenly father. And another act that, that happened was God sent his only son to, to come and die on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we could get to know God, be reconciled back to God. We didn't even know that God existed. We weren't even bothered. But somehow the gospel has got to us and we'll find out that there is a God and he does love us. He's not mad at, uh, mad at us, he's mad about us. In his love, he sent his son Jesus to die in our place so that we could have eternal life in this life and in the life to come, which is fantastic. And it's not just like, you know, you can't separate the Trinity. It's a mystery. But even in the New Testament, it says God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself and it says the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead it says that God raised Jesus from the dead Jesus in John's gospel said I have authority to lay down my life and take it back up again no man takes it from me he gave himself willingly so you know the Trinity is there we can't explain it it's a mystery but God has revealed himself as Father Son and Holy Spirit you can have that for free this morning we're looking at confidence I looked last week at also to have confidence, if you're going to be strong in confidence, don't look at your problems. Don't focus, I should say, on your problems. Focus on God. He's bigger than your problems. The moment we read our Bibles, we, it's your spirit begins to grow and your perspective changes. Or the moment we begin to worship or even play some worship, you know, it touches our hearts and it, it releases us to believe again. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I want you to not come on, believe again. We're not playing mental games with people. These are spiritual truths. 
listen, if you want a plumber, if you've got a leak, you go, you go for a plumber. If there's something up with you, uh, with your body, you go to a doctor and to the hospital. And for spiritual problems, you come to a church leader, a pastor or a priest uh, or a vicar because we are skilled. We are skilled in, in helping people with spiritual principles and truths. And you say, yeah, but you want to see my pastor and my vicar and I know this story. Is the good, the bad and the ugly in every walk of life. We've clocked that. Last week, I talked about putting seeds into your heart and into your mind so that you can nurture confidence, let it grow in your life. So number one was hang out with confident people. If you're going to be confident, hang out with confident people, with big people, I should say. Birds of a feather flock together. So hang with confident people. Number two, another way to develop confidence is to put a few wins under your belt. The opposite's true, you know. I didn't say this last week, but the opposite is re re repeated failures can make you feel like a hopeless failure. The antidote to that, the antidote is to develop a, a rational, well-balanced confidence. If we're going to do that, we've got to go after victories immediately following our defeats. And there's an old saying, you know, what if you fall off your bike, just get back on it. And you just get back on, back on, you figure out how to ride a two-wheeler. I used to fall off my knuckles and my knees were all grazed. I'm thinking I'll never, I think, I think I'll walk. <laughs> and then after a while, you get it and you're like, I don't think I can do it with your hands. And just, you, you know, your confidence grows. It's fantastic. But after a few victories, we start to get our confidence back. And it's as simple as that. No victories, no confidence. Some victories, victories, and your confidence grows. And so don't worry about setbacks and don't allow yourself the luxury of wallowing in self-pity when you've attempted things. Maybe you've attempted things today. I'm just thinking of somebody that has attempted stuff and you've gone bankrupt and you're passing, you've not got over it yet. I want to say, get over it. Come on. You know, that business might be finished, but you're not finished. Come on, you're bigger than that. You're made in God's image. You know, you, you, you are worth more than that. I see men washing the cars and it's like everything. Kids stay away, everybody stay away, nobody else can drive it. And, they, you know, they baptise the car every Sunday religiously. <laughs> but, you know, I, I look and I'm thinking, they don't realise they are worth more than that car. Um, we, some people, they look at the house and they think, you, you know, nothing can go wrong with this house. But we've got to have this, you know, you are worth more than your house. You're worth more than all the houses on your street put together if you only knew that. And confidence is a great thing. So when when you've had some failures, get, get back on the bike quickly. And if you've gone through if you've gone through things in your life where you've failed, it could be in finances, it could be in family, it could be in relationships. All I'm saying is I'm not uncaring. I, I haven't got a lot of time this morning to go into stuff but I'm just saying you're not finished. You're not finished, come on, pick yourself up, go again. Learn from, from your mistakes, but go again. Don't give up, don't give up on your dream. You went into business with a dream, go and dream again. It's time to dream again. You went into marriage with high hopes and that, go back. And if you can go back to your marriage and, and put things right, go back and put things right. You know, humble yourself. Remember, confidence can stoop as well as stretch. And you know, go back and serving and win people's confidence back in you. Go again. Ah, oh, this is good stuff today. Number three, a great confidence booster 
it's a personal victory list. I was saying a few weeks back that boxers do this and building up to a big fight, you know, they start, they, they go and they, they have somebody that's not quite as good, but it gives them confidence because they, they see how good and they, they practice some different moves and they go in and they go in in the box and they get some, sometimes some quick victories under the belt and it boosts the confidence. And as they get on, you know, the greatest confidence boost is, is where you knock out a legend. That is amazing. And the guy who knocked out Mike Tyson, I mean, Mike Tyson was the most feared boxer. Not to be mistaken with Tyson Fury, but I won't get in with Tyson Fury neither. But Mike Tyson, he was an animal. And people were terrified, boxers were terrified of him until one day he got defeated. And then other people defeated him. It's amazing. And, and their confidence must have been sky high. A great confidence booster is a personal victory list. David, the shepherd boy, had a personal victory list and so did, and Samson was such a, a sad character in many ways because he was articulate, he, but he was an amazing fighter and his strength was in God. And he had vows before God and made vows and it was his relationship with God that gave him victory over his enemies. And he, he, he let it all go. And he just thought it was him. His self-confidence had gone bigger than his confidence in God. And it showed. In the book of Judges, uh, chapter 16, it says uh, that Samson had a victory list. And when he was with Delilah, uh, she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as at other times. Because he had a victory list. He'd, he'd done this many, many times. The Philistines had come. He gave them a right clobbering. And uh, they came back for more. Why? Because they loved pain. And Samson loved giving them pain. And so he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. So scary verses are in the Bible. But Samson had a list, a victory list. But so did David. And in 1 Samuel, it says this. 1 Samuel chapter 17. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. And uh, Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. And there are two strong similarities between these two men. They were both chosen, ordained and empowered by God. And they were both leaders of Israel at a time when Israel were battling against the Philistines. But this is where it stops. Samson and David had three distinct differences. And these differences made one a winner and one a loser. The first thing we notice about Samson is that he wanted to please himself. He lived life in the flesh. That means, when we use that in the Bible, it's the natural. It's where you just give in to yourself. And he lived in the flesh depending on his own strength and felt no need to rely upon God. Even when going into battle, he chose the road that always leads to ultimate defeat. Self, I'll do it my way. Unlike Samson, David desired to please God. He knew that left to his own resources, he was already defeated. So he called upon the Lord and went to battle with divine help. His weakness became God's strength. And he was assured of victory. Samson's alienation from God not only led to his defeat, it ended his leadership. 
For David, however, this episode with Goliath was the beginning of his leadership. It was the incident that brought him into a position where God could greatly use him. There's a phrase. I wonder what God's got lined up where he wants to use you greatly, but he's got a Goliath for you to defeat. And when you see that Goliath, for me, it was doing a master's degree. It was to me, I said to my friends, this is a David and Goliath, quite literally. And I never thought I could do it. And you know what? With God, you can do all things. And it is fantastic. And so, you know, David had a victory list and God used him greatly in his life. Let that be your story. That you come, as you come to know God, some of you new believers in, in global, you know, keep walking with God. Keep keep coming to to, uh, to the services and, and keep being around us, hang around us. We will do you good, but we'll teach you the scriptures in a way that's relevant to you. You know, you, you'll grow a victory list. You, you, of course you'll get knocked down, but we get knocked down and we get up again and we, we keep coming back until we overcome and then you will have a victory list. That's awesome. Number four, you can dramatically increase your confidence if you stop comparing yourself with others. Oh, go on about this so often in global, comparisonitis. I have suffered from this in my life. Everybody I know that has suffered from this in their life. It's such a time waster. Because when you compare yourself to others and you're better than them, you feel superior. And when you compare yourself to others and you feel worse than them, you feel inferior. And neither of them will cause you to stretch and become the person that God intended you to be. So they're not, it's not helpful. Don't compare your skills to someone with a different skill, skill set. You know, if you can't sing, don't, don't, don't listen to a Pavarotti and think, oh, I wish I could sing like that. Don't, if you're into art and that, and you, Banksy does another thing, you're like, oh, I'm just going to give up. No, no, no. Don't compare yourself with others. You know, and especially if their gifting's totally different to yours. I admire people of different gifting to me. I don't want to be what they are. I want to admire what they do. I think it's fantastic. And, and I enjoy it and I draw strength from it. And it's great. So I don't compare myself that way. But here's, because it's like comparing apples and pears, two different things. But here's the problem is when you see somebody with a similar gifting to you or a similar personality to you and you see how they're flourishing and you think, I might as well give up and you shrink into your shell instead of realising you're same in many ways, dress the same, speak the same some ways and yet there's a difference. Like I was saying last week about sand, grains of sand and snowflakes, you know, human beings, there's never been one like you. There's, do you know there's never been anybody like you that is going to reveal God to this world like you will with you, using your faith. There's nobody like me. There's people that are similar, but they're not like me. I am unique. You are unique. People might be similar, but here's what we do. So often when we're starting out in life, we compare our chapter one with somebody's chapter 12 or chapter 20 and conclusion. You know, they are past masters at the art of what they do. And it's wrong for you to compare. You'll give up. They started in, in fear and tremble, trembling often and in stuttering and, st and stammering, if I can use that as a, a metaphor, until eventually they found their voice. You know, so, you know, it's like uh, an athlete has to find the stride and a boxer has to find that punch. And so it takes time. And so stop comparing yourself uh, with others and you'll increase your confidence 
overnight. Number five, find one thing that you're good at and specialize in it until you are a, special, a specialist in it. Uh, I had a mate who I grew up with, we were at school together and he came from a one parent family and he became a painter and decorator, did his apprenticeship. I did an apprenticeship with him, I lasted six weeks. And, uh, but he went on and I remember him starting, he used to come, my mum used to get him in to do some, some decorating for us. She, she was a great encourager, my mother. And so she'd pay him for what he did and he was grateful. Anyway, the thing was that he started to charge really high prices. People around him in his circle and sphere of influence used to go, well, who does he think he is? He charged, you know, don't go for him. He charges exorbitant uh, prices. Who does he think he is? And yet the right people used to say, this is really good, his work is excellent, he's worth every penny. And they used to get him back regular, regular, regular. And I remember him buying his own house. I remember him, uh, and he's married to a lovely lady who worked in the bank. I saw him building his life up and he wasn't arrogant, he was just definite. But I noticed he separated himself as well. He had to do that because his close friends as was, some of them used to bring him down. I didn't because I, I, I loved him and I, and, and I still do and, and I admired him and I watched how he pulled himself up. He had a great upbringing with his mum, his mum, great woman and great family. But I said he's come from a one parent family so immediately he's disadvantaged and yet he overcame it and he specialised in what he was good at, painting and decorating. And you know today he lives in Australia, he's built his own house out there. And, uh, you know, he built, I mean, he's just an amazing character. But his confidence grew. Why? Because he specialised in, in what he was good at. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do. You know, let's do that one thing. What is it that you're good at? And leaders, good leaders, know that they help their followers the most by helping them to discover their special giftedness encouraging them to develop it and training them how to use it. That's what a good leader does. They help people to discover the special giftedness, encourage them to develop it and train them how to use it. And I've loved being in ministry for almost 40 years. I've loved it. I've loved, somebody said the other day, I, I heard him say, somebody asked him, when are you going to retire? He said, in order to retire, I have to become employed. And I knew what he was saying. He was a property developer and he was brilliant, an old, an old character. And what he was saying is, I've loved what I've done. This is not a chore to me. I've loved what I've done. And I'm the same. I love it. I love building church. I love building God's kingdom. Of course, you get awkward people, but you, that's how you, you grow. Uh, the situation and, and the personalities. You've got to, you've got to grow your skill set to help people or even to challenge people and move them on because not everybody that comes to you should stay with you. Sometimes the people that come to you, they're not necessarily God's blessing. Number six, begin to develop a knowledge of people and product. This is how you grow your confidence. Remember, success is only 15% of knowing your product, but you need to know your product. But it's 85% of knowing people, understanding people. And once you've got a knowledge of product and people, especially those that you work with, people, customers, or even the people in your team that you work with, it gives you an inside edge at meeting people's needs. When you get them, you know how to meet the needs. You, you become a better servant to people. You, be, 
you know, I love great service. And we're not great at it in Britain. The Americans are far better at it. But, you know, service in our country is so abysmal sometimes. And, you know, you have to ask sometimes in a cafe, have you got sugar? You know, I feel like I feel like the smoker in the midst. I'm the one that still has sugar in my coffee. Have you got sugar? Have you got a spoon to stir it with? I mean, it's as painful as that sometimes. And you think, for goodness sake, understand people. Know that you're there to do a job. You're not there to look pretty. You're not there to look, you're there to do a job. Serve the customers, you know, know your product, know, offer them things. You, you know, don't just go, well, what do you want? You, you know, work at it. When, when you've got a knowledge of people and product, you've got an inside edge of knowing how best to serve them or to facilitate them in what they want to do. You know, I've got some great talent uh, in the church. You know, one of our, our ladies, she works with autistic children and she's got her own business. And you know what? She is absolutely amazing. She really understands these children and she really understands what the parents are going through, the, the, the difficulties that come with autism. And she is so patient. She is brilliant. And uh, I've got another guy, another one of my leaders. Uh, you know, he's, he's planting a church, him and his wife, and he delivers craft ales to different bars and uh, wine bars around the north here. And uh, he doesn't just deliver, he goes in and has a coffee with them. Well, he tells me he has a coffee with them. <laughs> but he goes in and he has, and he spends time with them. And he gets to know them. He don't just drop a delivery off and give them an invoice and, and they pay him or whatever. No, he goes in, spends time with them. Why? Because he gets people and he's brilliant with people. Those are the six things that I wanted you to, to know about. And uh, I want you to grow in confidence. Why do we have confidence? Because it's contagious and we can instill it in other people. You know, we serve other people. We become bigger people. Confidence will enable you to stabilize as a human being, being content, whatever your situation, knowing that all that you're gonna need, your present day necessities, you're gonna be provided for. It stabilizes you, does confidence. You, you drop you anywhere in the world and you think, I'll thrive. I won't just survive, I will thrive. And you know, confidence helps you to stretch in life, stepping out in faith, having a go at new things, learning new skills. You know, it's trying a new job, uh, starting a different career, starting a business, getting married, having children. It's fantastic. And confidence will help you to stoop and serve. Stoop and serve people in the church. Stoop and serve people that you work with. Serve people that you meet in life. Joy comes when, when you serve. We used to say joy stands for Jesus first, others second and yourself last. You get the point. It's not a selfish life. It's a life that's full of colour and, and full of energy. Confidence is a beautiful thing. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 